Hear that? That's the sound of sunshine, ocean breezes, margaritas, and voice actors learning how to run their business? Join us February 9th through 12th for Vocation Cancun, the only voiceover conference completely dedicated to the business of the voiceover business. You'll learn from top VO industry experts about subjects like negotiating great rates, working with agents and casting directors, direct marketing, home studios, business structure, and the business of dubbing, animation, promo, commercials, video games, and more. And the best part? The whole conference takes place at Moon Palace Cancun, a top-rated, all-inclusive resort in paradise. Yes, we said all-inclusive. That means food, drinks, entertainment, room service, nightly networking parties, and so much more. All included. Level up your VO business at Vocation Cancun. For more information and to book your tickets, go to vocationconference.com. Welcome to In The Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, Backstage Senior Editor and Professional Entertainment Obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. Working as an actor has really helped me in that way because I'm. I think I'm a little more introverted. Like I, I'd rather just hide. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm. Uh, I don't want. There's something, but I think it's helped me be, be more curious about other people. And then when you are curious, and you learn that oh, those people are just like me in some ways. So it's just taught me really about empathy. Welcome to In the Envelope, the Actors Podcast. I am your host. Backstage Senior Editor Vinny Mancuso, and I am so, so very thrilled to be joined today by one of the coolest actors just ever working today, working whenever, and that is, of course, Aubrey Plaza. What a year it has been for her, uh, starting with, of course, Emily the Criminal, a gnarly, gnarly little thriller about a woman who gets herself drawn deeper and deeper into a credit card scam ring. Uh, It's a very topical, very relatable film for anyone with mounting student debt. Uh, Shout out to most of us. Uh, But in a fair and just world, this performance would put Plaza right in the middle of the award season conversation. Uh, SAG, Oscars, all of it, time will tell. But she followed that up almost immediately with season two of Mike White's The White Lotus. Uh, a show you might recognize from winning um, almost every Emmy available early this year. Uh, Plaza, very unsurprisingly, is the standout of a stacked ensemble there as well. And literally this week, uh, right after she spoke to us, uh, she's headed into production on a little film called Megalopolis, which happens to be Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola, the Francis Ford Coppola's first film in 11 years. And right, she's also joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Agatha, Coven of Chaos, alongside Catherine Hahn, uh, which Aubrey Plaza has never spoken about until now. You will want to stick around for that. So let's get right into it. Here is Aubrey Plaza. (laughs) 
Aubrey, how's it going? How are you doing today? Fine. <laughs> Good. Great. Yeah. I I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, before we start, I do have to say thank you uh, for a large part of my career uh, because I interviewed you in 2017 for the New York Observer, uh, which doesn't uh, barely exists anymore. Okay. Uh, and you you took that interview and you put it on your Instagram and you said, uh, I usually hate writing about me, but this one is actually kind of nice. Um, and because because of that, I got a lot of freelance work and that's kind of why I'm here. Sure. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, what the fuck? I don't even... Okay. <laughs> What do we what did we talk about? What were we uh, this was let's see, this was I the worst uh, thing in the world. No, totally this was 2017. This was five years ago. Um, what happened in 2017? Legion was just coming out. Um, I think we were I think it was like a month before the show came out. And you're also doing uh Little Out or Inside the was it Beverly Lefflin? No. No. Um, I, I honestly could not tell you where we were. Okay. Uh, it was, I know it was in Los Angeles, uh, somewhere. Okay. Uh, and this was for the New York Observer. So I just want to say thank you for putting that for off your recommendation. I got a lot of work. You're welcome. I, man, I just, yeah, you owe me your life. I, I exactly. Know. Yeah, exactly. That's, I really appreciate that. That's sweet. That's really sweet. Cause I don't, yeah, that's great. Um, well, what's going on now? And now you're yeah, I was going to say, here we are. And here we are. Um, here we are to talk about a lot of things. Uh, you know, Emily the Criminal, really astounding performance, uh, The White Lotus, uh, and then you have, you know, as you mentioned, Megalopolis, uh, all these things I played. Uh, and I cannot wait to talk about all of them. But I also want to talk about, literally just before this, I, I Googled you just to see if I could see one last thing. And I kind of pulled up your Criterion list, which, oh. uh, I, which I really, really loved. And there's a great list. Uh, but there was a sentence that did stick out to me. It was about, of course, John Cassavetes and Gina Rollins, which... A lot of representation on this list uh, of your movies that you pick from Criterion. Uh, and you said both of those figures, you know, influenced your your understanding of acting in a lot of ways. Uh, and because we're such an acting focused podcast, I'm curious uh, in what ways uh, these these figures sort of, you know, influenced how you see acting, uh, uh, what you think of it, things like that. Well, I think I mean, there's a feeling that I get when I watch Cassavetti's movies and especially with Jean, Jenna Rollins performances where it just it feels like it transcends like n normal acting or normal like performance like there it feels like it's it feels like they're it's not just like a job for them it's like it feels like there's something they're tap like she's tapping into something that is about the role but also about her and so then it feels i don't know it just feels it just feels so real that it just you just completely are taken by her performances because they just they you just feel like you're watching a real person and you and i think like there's also like a kind of a method of improv improv that i think he used to mm -hmm. go for which i think also kind of lends itself to this kind of almost documentary like feel in a lot of his things um which i love and like i don't i i love i love scripts too but i think there's something there's just something so like refreshing about watching their stuff because it just you can just tell that they're digging deeper to a, another level like altogether and i don't know it just it's like painful but i 
I think there's something, I think the acting can be, can be like a cathartic process for some people and it's not everybody's method or everybody's approach, but, um, but I really respect that, that kind of approach. And I just, I love watching it because it just feels so raw and it feels like you're just like watching someone like work some sh- really crazy shit out or something for your benefit. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw, you know, putting a woman under the influence as your topic, you know, that kind of crystallized a lot of, you know, your screen presence. I do feel like there's that, that, that sort of, that, I don't know, like you mentioned, it just to, sort of feels like there's a connection there between what they're feeling, what they're doing and, and what they're putting out there into the world. And that movie is an incredible movie. And I, I do, I do think that, you know, you just stating that, that Jenna Rollins is, is a large figure in your life kind of crystallizes something about you on screen. Cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just think she's the fucking best. Like, I just think she's the coolest and the best and the good. And I, opening night is like, so I just love that movie so much. I also like, and I know it's like, you're not supposed to make movies about movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like a rule that you learn in film school. Like, don't make movies about movies. And But I don't know. I love movies about movies and I love movies about plays because I think that's like, you know, that's the world that I'm in. So I think I'm also just interested in that, in that process. And I just love that they're married or they were married, you know. So mm-hmm. they, And I think that there's something about that too, where you just... I don't know. You just feel like, okay, like you just, there's just something like so raw about it where you're like, these people are really just fucking, they're artists, you know, they're not, they're just artists. They're not, they're just doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, also like, you know, Elaine May on there, who I know is a, is a, is a gigantic uh, influence. And, and yeah, I wish there just... were more Elaine May. The Mikey and Nikki is the only Elaine May movie on Criterion. It's like weird. It was weird. It was hard to pick movies because there's so many directors that you're like, wait a minute, why is that movie yeah. not Criterion? But and why is Mikey and Nikki like the representation of uh, Elaine May? As like, great I as pick, like I love that movie, but I wouldn't like. That's not like. But whatever. Yeah. I just need Elaine. May. I just need Elaine. Yeah. May. I guess that's a question for Criterion. Um, but I, I, I am curious, like, you know, the, 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 I think everybody has these, these, these looming figures, these, these North stars, the, the inspirations and stuff like that. Um, do they, do these figures mean something differently to you as opposed to like, you know, when you were just starting out as opposed to now where now you're, you know, you're right in the middle of a career and you know, you're sort of on the inside of it. Uh, do these sort of North stars mean something differently to you now than they did when you first started? Mm. Hmm. That's a really good question. I mean, I guess I just, the more I'm, the older I get and the more work that I've done, I have the, I have even more appreciation for what they've, what they've done. And so I guess I just, it's only intensified my, (laughs) my admiration for some of these people because it's like, I, I'm only 38, but I feel like I've seen, I've seen a lot of shit now and I, and I've gone through a lot of different different things as a producer and an actor. And so I don't know, Elaine May to me is like, I just can't believe the stuff that she accomplished and like how little people know about her, at least this younger generation. A lot of people don't even know who she is. And you have all these people talking about female directors and this wave of, you know, women in film and stuff. And it's like, she was directing movie, you know, she was doing that way, way, way long time ago. So I don't know. I just I guess I have even more admiration and respect for these people as I as I go on because I just see how tough this business is and the indus- and this world is. It's it's hard to keep your head head above the water and and keep making good stuff. You know. Well, when they when they finally make the biopic, 
uh, I do think you should be at the front of the line, uh, which you've mentioned, and then, you know, teach this new generation about Elaine May. I know. I'm just, I'm always trying to use my press opportunities to get more work because there's something just sick in my brain. <laughs> work, work, work. Um, well, speaking of, uh, this has been kind of an incredible year, as, uh, just to jump into Emily the Criminal, which is which was such a big part of your year. Um, you are both star and producer on this film. And, you know, I've, I've read you speak about it and what got you into it. And the sort of constant is you really praising the script, uh, you know, as, as something that, that sort of really drew you in. You have said stuff like, if you if the script is good, you can kind of not lose. Don't do the project if the script isn't good. So I'm curious when uh, a script passes that test for you. You know, when does, what, what what is it about a piece of writing that you're like, oh, this is something I'm going to dedicate my time, money, effort on, as opposed to something where it doesn't quite pass that hurdle. Yeah, I mean, that's like something that's very hard to articulate. It's an instinctual thing. I don't know what it is. Um, I just, I think it's, it's just as simple as when you read something and you're completely transported into the story and it's good storytelling and you're not taken out of it until the, until it's over. Like Emily, the criminal script, it's writ it has the same energy that of the movie where it it just barrels forward unapologetically things keep happening it's not um overwritten it's very almost like there's just something really kind of like stripped down about it but really really um it just packs a punch like every every moment and it and it just flies by so i think it's like I saw the whole movie in my head. I don't know how to articulate it, but the same thing happened when I went really when I read all the movies that I've produced at, up until this point. It's Inger Goes West and Black Bear, same thing, where I read the scripts and I saw the whole thing and I saw the whole thing in my head and then and then and then I get all fired up about it and then all and then my whole like kind of trajectory from that moment forward is to try to make the movie that I saw in my head, um, or at least get it as close close as I can to like that thing that I saw in my head. And I think that's just storytelling. And I think also the characters, I think in those movies, obviously, like if there's something that I'm reading that I feel I can relate to, then I think that's also like a really something that stands out for me when I read something where I feel like, oh, I really, there's something about this character that I really, really can tap into there and I can make it feel truthful. I think truth, like just things that feel true, truthful and things that aren't, but it's, yeah, it's hard to articulate like how, what is a good script? Um, mm -hmm. You just know when you, you know, you just know when you read something really good, I think. There's absolutely a, a very just, Emily the Criminal feels true. Uh, and I say that, you know, I, I'm someone who actually moved from New Jersey to California, a uh, ton of student debt, uh, lived in California, lived in an apartment just like that, you know, had no yeah. idea uh, what to do. Did you go to New York first? Uh, well, you know, I, I grew up right down the down the train stops from New York. So I was like, oh, let's make a bigger change. And yeah, just found out that California is completely different. Uh, I did not become a, you know, credit card scammer. But, you know, watching Emily the Criminal uh, <laughs> didn't seem like the worst path uh, in the world. But I, I, I am curious, you know, you, you mentioned that the trueness to the to the script and trying to make it uh, into what you saw in your head. How does that differ you know, in terms of the, the muscles you're flexing and the things you're doing? between doing that as an actor, you know, trying to interpret it, uh, something on the page as in a performance and trying to interpret something as a producer, you know, is, are those kind of 
similar things or are those two different skill sets that, that you found? Mm, I think they're really different. I think like my, I think I have, I think there's just a part of me and a part of my brain and a part of something that makes me tick that really lends itself well to producing. And I think I've always just had that in me, like since I was in high school or something. Um, I think it's very different than the acting, than the acting thing. Although I do feel, I do feel, I don't know. I feel that movies and making movies is a almost spiritual process for me. And I can only describe it like the movie is kind of becomes its own kind of living, breathing organism. And you have to kind of nurture it and, and, and feed it and raise it and get it to the finish line. And so I think producing for me, it's, it's all the practical kind of pragmatic kind of stuff, but there's a spiritual element to it that it does kind of connect to the acting process. And in some ways where it's about kind of bringing the right energy into the, into the picture and bringing in the right people into the loop to, to kind of like make, you know, to raise this baby movie. And like, so I think that there's an, a lot of instinctual stuff that goes on with producing as well as acting and as well, you know, producing is all, for me is also a lot about casting for me. Casting is so important. And um, so, and you know, that obviously is, really connected with the acting part of it and the approach to playing the character because I want to work with really good people and I want to be able to I want to work I want to get people in there that are gonna um help me and help me with my performance and and I want it to feel real so I think there's a there's definitely things that kind of that are connected with both of those things but but then of course there's like just the kind of business part of it or whatever and all the bullshit like that but I think that on a deeper level, there's a, there's a, yeah, I think that it, there's just a, an approach, at least in my head about movies that it feels like there's a soul to, to the process. And if you can remember that, um, and kind of keep your eye on that, you know, with all the decisions that you're making, sometimes that really helps the movie be better. I, I was curious, you know, and it's specifically about uh, the casting element of it. Uh, the, I, I know that you you were involved a lot with the casting of Emily and the Criminal and these movies that you produced. Being on that side of it, you know, being on the other side of the casting process, what is that? What has that taught you about yourself as an actor, if anything? Like, what what has seeing what that's like for other actors taught you about yourself as a performer? I mean, it's definitely taught me that audi auditions suck for everybody. <laughs> audition the audition process process sucks for everybody. I hate it. I hate auditioning and I hate being on the other end of it. I hate like nobody likes that process. It's just terrible. But um, I think I think that it it definitely being on the other side of the table and being kind of in charge of of casting in some ways, like it does. It reminds me how little control actors have. And you just are the part or you aren't and you just don't have control control over that. And I, and I think it's, that has helped me a little bit kind of relax, you know, when I have to audition for something, cause you just, your brain as an actor, you just, it's buzzing and you're going, what do they want? What do they want? What do they want? I'm going to give them what they want. I want to give them what they want and show them what they want. So they pick me, but it's really out of your hands before it even starts because you just have no idea. And like, you could be so sure when you read a script, like, oh, I know exactly what 
this character should be or whatever. But the but the director or the producers and like they have a completely different idea of something in their mind and people there's so many interpretations of something you can read. So I think it really I think it's just about control. Like I think I've learned I have no control over you know people's what people want and what they think is right and I think it's just I feel that way about all the things that that I audition for or or that I'm casting which is just that it's the part will decide who who's the right person and it's not about you didn't do a good enough job or whatever you just are or you aren't and like and that you know and that's okay it's just the movie will decide the movie will decide who who needs to be in the movie and so I don't know it's not a personal failing it's not personal. It's not, yeah it's not personal it's just you just are or you aren't yeah, I mean, I, we love to hear that. I mean, backstage, you, as as you know, you know, we're all about the casting audition process. But it is it is nice to know, you know, that it is nice to let people know that we understand that the casting process does kind of suck. Like it's kind of it's it's a brutal, uh, brutal thing. Dude, I've had so many brutal, and I have such a like I have such a like childish reaction to like being in positions where I feel like I'm being judged or someone's got to, or I've got to like dance around for somebody. And I, a lot of times go, into like self-destructive mode where I just fucking, I just blow it on purpose. Or I just, I don't know. It's like, I, I want to reject you before you reject me. <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. Like I don't, So, but I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've tur- tried to turn that energy or that instinct into more of a Zen kind of, kind of approach of just like you take me or leave me you know I, you know your loss you know i don't know mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of the same mindset it's just one is you know one is a little bit you know One's more zen yeah more subtle right <laughs> um but i do i do want to i do really want to talk about the performance the performance itself and emily the criminal because it really is an astounding performance it's a very you know quiet internal performance uh i do think something that's great about the movie is a lot of it is watching it's sort of like that 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 breaking bad type of thing where you're watching this person make decisions and make decisions and a lot of it from an acting perspective is is you know micro decisions it is not verbalized it is not um it's not something the character is saying i'm going to do this i'm going to do this we have to you're guiding us towards this downward spiral with your with your face and what you're doing and i'm curious how as an actor you keep those moments from becoming macro how, how how you you keep it internalized but still broadcast to the audience exactly what they need to know because that is what this movie is is you're you're letting the audience know exactly what they need to know without saying it yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> i mean i would i think that's all in the editing i don't know sometimes i feel like am i overdoing this um i don't know i think i just i'm a thinker like i just i think this is just something that is um plagues me my whole life, which is that I have, I think I have a lot of, I think it's, I think it's as simple as this. I have a lot of whites in my eyes. So my, and my eyes are large. (laughs) So for as long as I've known me, like people can tell how I feel and I can't hide it or something. (laughs) Like, and I think that's why, like, there's a thing about me rolling my eyes or I don't know what it is. It's like, I have, I think I'm being subtle about something and it's like, it's written all over your face. So that I think has worked very well in my favor. And, but I think in terms of the kind of my approach, like I, I have very internalized kind of methods of 
kind of portraying a character and I have a very clear kind of the journey that I want to go on and and I'm always kind of thinking about that and always and I think this script was really fun because it is so much about these like tiny micro decisions and that's what I love about it is 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 as an actor is, is trying to like track all those like little tiny things like I don't know I just what was the question? I don't actually. Know. <laughs> I, I mean, the question can basically become like, you know, I, I, I don't ever want anybody here to like be like, oh, here is my step by step process to doing to doing yeah. a character. But I, I'm curious, you know, how you found your process. You know, is 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 it something that you know this has just been your instinct from the beginning, or have you you know sort of tracked like, oh, this works, this doesn't, this works, this doesn't. Is it is it something that you develop gradually, or is this something that you have had from the beginning? Well, I mean, I will say, you know, I have, I worked with an acting coach. I work with an acting coach called Ivana Chubbuck, and I've worked with her on every, every single thing I've ever done, um, starting with funny people. Oh, nice. So the only movie I've never, I haven't worked on with her is Mystery Team, which was a very small, small funny, ridiculous, like comedy um, indie film that that was my first time in a movie but then funny people was after that and i've worked with ivan and every everything literally everything um my entire career so i can't talk about the acting like process without bringing her up because um you know i i subscribe to her method and i i would i won't say like i'm it's like uh she's texting me right now she's like actually literally texting me right now. <laughs> She knows. She wants to know what's going on. She's like, I heard she's a fucking witch. But um, no, she. I. I also don't think I'm not like a guru. Like I don't, you know, I don't hold her as some kind of guru kind of figure in my life. But I really find her method effective for me. And I don't think it's the answer for everyone. I've met a lot of actors along the road that don't that aren't into her approach. Um, and that's fine. Um, and, and sometimes I, I experiment with other different methods and approaches as well. So I don't think like, Oh, she's got every single answer, but I really, really find her method effective. And it's, it's all about personalizations and it's all about, um, kind of, there's a theme for me in a lot of the work that we do, which is about getting your power back. And, um, there's a lot of a lot of the characters that I've played over the years have this the underlying theme about getting your power back and kind of um, working through some kind of trauma, some kind of thing that has held held you back that you need to expel. Um, and I just there's something about that that I love because for me, acting is it's a profession, it's a job, but it's more than that for me. It's, it's, a uh, it's my life. And I spend so much time working and, and that I don't, that I need it to inform my life. And so I, for me, it's a, I love, I love it. I love her process because it, it's helpful for me in my actual life too, where I learn things about, myself and my life and the people my relationships and stuff like through the process which i really love and sometimes it can go down the wrong path and i can go okay i'm really i gotta not go down the dark go down the rabbit hole or something but but um, the positive sides of it are really great and um so i would say like that's one thing that i can literally point to and say that i read her book it's called the power of the actor it's all about kind of turning your pain turning your problems into 
solutions and turning and using the characters, using the scenes to to fight for yourself and and win and get and get what you what you need. And I, I just think it's really helpful for movies because people that watch movies like a lot of times they can't articulate why they relate to the character or why they are rooting for the character, even if the character is despicable and doing kind of questionable things, which Emily, the criminal, she's doing a lot of questionable things, but you're still rooting for her and you don't know why. And I think a lot of times it's because there is an underlying fight battle. There's a battle going on where she wants, she wants to win. She wants to get her power back. And I think just that's a universal thing for people. I think so many people feel that way. They just, they feel powerless. So it feels really um, good for people to watch if someone do that because if you live vicariously through the character or something absolutely yeah and i mean i i just hearing you say that i i think about how um there is this this strange not strange but very noticeable overlap between emily the criminal and your your white lotus character which could not be any different you know situation wise um you know any they could not be further away but i just feel like they're brand of anger is very specifically generational do you, do you know what i mean like it's 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 the emily the criminal the it's the whole student debt just like trying to keep your head above water with with harper and the white lotus it's also just a very specifically generational like i feel like they'd be mad at the same people basically these two characters mm -hmm. uh, and i'm curious um what's drawing you to the, those kind of roles this uh, uh, you've mentioned a little bit the sort of getting your power back but to specific, specifically this very current very specific brand of, of anger at, at things at what is what is the the through line there for you mm, i mean i don't have necessarily have kind of control over like all the all the roles that i play because like the white lotus you know mike white really wrote that part for me and i didn't um it wasn't a part that was written and then i went and auditioned for it and said that's the part i want he wrote it for me so there's a lot of me in that part um and it's only it's only been two episodes and everyone's like this woman's like kind of an uptight bitch but um which maybe i am but um but you'll see as the as the show goes on the lead the layers start to come off the vulnerability starts to show and you realize like oh okay um there's a reason you know why she's like this um and i think that's that part probably maybe more than any part i've, I've played is really really personal to me so so that's just kind of, um, that's some, that's Mike White, you know, he's a really, he's a really good friend of mine and I've known him for years and I think he really tapped into something kind of unconsciously about me and, um, and I, I don't know, I think that maybe there's a, there's a theme of being misunderstood, you know, and being, playing characters that feel like the odd, odd woman out and, I'm drawn to those characters. I think, I mean, on a really basic level, you know, I'm not, I grew up in Delaware. I, I didn't grow up in Hollywood. I didn't have a, you know, direct line to the industry. I was like everybody else, like everybody else that grows up and watches movies and has dreams and fantasies about being an actor and being on the televisions. And I can't, I still can't believe that I, that I'm that I'm actually doing that. So I think I just have a I, I grew up in a really kind of normal way. I mean, not, no, you know, my no one's really normal. But um, so I think I I think I just have there's a relatability maybe to a lot of the characters that I am drawn to because they feel like the underdog or they feel like 
just a norm, you know, normal problems or something. And I, and I do think like I'm drawn to characters and stories that feel relatable to now. And I think like Ingrid Goes West is a really good example. I mean, I feel like that movie was almost ahead of its time in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was hitting on a nerve and Emily, the criminal, same thing where it's just hitting on this nerve where you feel like this is like, this has something to say, but it's not preachy. And that's what I like about it. Cause I don't, I don't like this new kind of wave of, just making movies for some kind of political messaging motivation. You know, I think something like that happened a couple of years ago where I felt like we can still make movies to just entertain people. You know, movies are supposed to be entertaining. They're not supposed to be hitting you over the head with some social political commentary. But I think, I think when you have like something that feels like a struggle that like a generation of people are dealing with, then it's like you hit the jackpot because then all the people that are watching the movie are going to go, that's me. That's me. I fuck, I understand that. So I just, I think I just like, I'm drawn to that on unconscious level, but I wouldn't say I consciously go, okay, what movie can I do that really speaks to the whatever thing? But like, it's just, I just think those are the stories that are interesting because I think I relate to them. It's interesting that, you know, you say that, among that answer, you you sort of mentioned that you, nobody is truly normal. I don't know if I'm a, I saw Mike White say it. I don't know if I saw you saying Mike White say it, but somewhere he said that he thought it would be interesting if you played a normal person or something like that, or you played a normie. He said um, normie. He was like, I think he's like, LOL, wouldn't it be funny if you played a normie? <laughs> I was like... Excuse me. <laughs> well, I'm curious, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious your perspective of that as an actor, whether that is... um possible whether that's a thing that anyone can do you know even the most normal character has to have something so I'm, I'm curious you know is it even possible to play just a normal person or does that not is that no. not even a performance i know who's normal no one's normal no i don't think anyone's normal i think no i think like there's a category of people that are you know i mean i think he what i think what he really meant is like you're not playing someone with any obvious kind of, I don't even know what the word is, like any kind of, you're not playing someone that has like crippling mental illness or, or, you know, a rap sheet of, you know, criminal record, or I don't know, just someone that's done something kind of like remarkable or has there's something remarkably kind of different about them. Like you're just playing like a lawyer, but you know, like I don't that to me that's what's fun about playing Harper Spiller is that it's like sure she's a law she's a lawyer she's an employment lawyer in New York she's quote unquote normal normal but like you know nobody's normal and you'll see and you'll see it you'll see her you know act out and and do all the things that aren't normal so no I don't think anyone I don't think there's a norm I don't think there's like normies but I think that's also like a weird kind of just commentary. There's a, there's a commentary there on just like the characters that I've played in the past or something where, where it's like, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I've played a lot of anti-heroes and kind of complicated characters, because honestly, those are the more interesting parts for me. And they're, the more complicated the character is, the better, the more challenging it is as an actor. It's more interesting for me to play someone like that. That also reminds me of something else I saw you say in a, in a recent interview where you said something like you don't you don't judge the characters you play ever. It, and, and I'm curious if that's like like kind of like what we were talking about before. Is that something you've always done? You're like, this is how I'm going to approach acting. Or is that something you had to learn from any particular experience or something you had to learn along the way? 
I think I learned that. I think I learned that in acting class, honestly. I can't remember what teacher. I don't know if it was, there's a famous, you know, teacher. I don't know if it's Strasburg or Uta Hagen or, I don't know who said it first, but, you know, I remember really clearly learning that in acting class and learning that if you play a criminal or you play a murderer, you know, you play a serial killer, you play someone that's doing something, something terrible, you can't, you, if you're the actor that's, that's playing, taking on that role, you can't judge your character. You have to find what's sympathetic about them or you, you won't be able to play the character right. You, you won't do a good job because you can't judge your characters. So, and I learned, I learned that in class, I think, honestly, because, and I didn't really understand that until, yeah, until, until I was faced with characters that are, yeah, that are, like let like legion was really interesting for me because i become a super villain in that show i murder people i kill people with the flick of my wrist and but i had to always remember you know that i was you know lenny inside and i was i was being tortured by this demon you know so i think that was something i learned i think in an acting class <laughs> amazing uh and uh, just another, I'm sorry to just be throwing your own quotes back at you, but I've just, I, I read a lot of interviews with you and you, there's, there's, there's a lot of things you said that I find very, very interesting. Uh, there's a recent, uh, I don't even know where this is from, but you said something like, uh, what's so fulfilling about being an actor is that you're exploring the human condition, which is, which is, you know, something I hear from a lot of actors. And I'm curious, you know, there's been enough of a, like we've been talking about enough of a through line, enough of a, a theme through your characters where or I kind of, I, I feel comfortable asking, well, what's, what is the most significant thing you've learned about the human condition from the characters you've played from your, your resume so far? Mm. Well, I mean, I guess really, if, I think it's that, that we're all the same, you know, I think it's, I think it just, it's empathy or like learning kind of, the importance of empathy about yeah the about humans because i think it's we're living in such a yeah we're living in such a like polarizing time where it's so easy to to judge people and to assume make assumptions about people project things onto people and i just think at the end of the day you know we all started out the same way and we're all the same and it's it's just so important to have empathy and it's, it's important to put yourself in other people's shoes and I get to do that as a job so it's easy for me to say that but I think um I think that that's something that I've really learned is to have a curiosity about other people and I try not to forget that because it's easy to it's easy to like forget that to lose that curiosity and to just write people off. And um, I think acting and working as an actor has really helped me in that way. Cause I'm, I think I'm a little more what's the, like introverted. Like I, I'd rather just hide. I don't want to talk to anybody I'm, I don't wanna, or something, but I, I think it's helped me be more curious about other people. And then when you are curious and you learn that all oh, those people are just like me in some ways. So I think it's just taught me really about empathy. Incredible. Um, I, I know we only have about 10 more minutes here. I, I am curious about the the next stage of, of your career because, you know, this has been such an incredible year. Emily the Criminal is really astounding performance. Uh, so far, White Lotus, 
really astounding. So do you want to talk about a little bit what's next? Um, you mentioned, you know, Megalopolis, um, something like, like I don't know if you're even allowed to say it, but like the Agatha Coven of Chaos. When we spoke about Legion, you said something like, you know, you're less interested in the comic book aspect of it. You're more interested in the working with Noah Hawley aspect of it. So for these next couple of projects, you know, what is the what is the prime interest? What is the thing that that like we were talking about before? What is the thing where you're like, oh, I want to spend my time doing this? Well, I mean, I, for for a really long time, I've been manifesting to work with a with a brilliant director. And I mean, who can be more brilliant than Francis Ford Coppola, one of the greatest living directors working today? I mean, that's what I've been saying and kind of complaining about for years. Can I just work with I just want to work with a brilliant director. I just want because it's really hard. You know, it's really hard to work it's really hard to get parts in movies where you're working with directors that have made a lot of films before. And, and I don't, I don't regret anything I've done. I love working with first time directors. I'll never stop doing that. I love it so much, but, um, but just there was, there's been a part of me for a while. That's like, I really want to work with like a really, you know, seasoned, you know, director. And I would say Francis Ford Coppola, that guy's a little seasoned. So, um, (laughs) So, but that was, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how I ended up in his movie. I, I auditioned for him and with no expectations to get the part, I was really just like, man, I, I'll just, I just want to meet the guy, you know, even if I have a five minute zoom, I, that would be cool. That would be enough for me. Cause I just love his energy. I love his passion. So I, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm lucky. I feel lucky and completely just honored and humbled to like be a part of Megalopolis. Um, we start shooting this week. So TBD, like what's going to go down. But I mean, so far that the rehearsal process and the process that I've been through is my, is uh, blowing my, my mind. It's just such a reminder that movies are, are, can be magical. You know, I mean, this guy is really not operating in this, in the Hollywood system at all. And he's making a giant movie and so it's just so fucking amazing to to just be around someone that that has a passion for movies like me and feels the same way that the process of making the movie is just as important as the end result and um yeah i just i hope i do right by him i'm nervous and then agatha coven of chaos which is this is the first interview that i've talked about this because i think they just announced it i i think it was the day that this was confirmed it came yeah. out and i was like oh cool i guess i'll ask about that yeah i haven't talked about it yet um but i guess i mean you know <laughs> I, well first of all i don't know i'm not allowed to say anything because you know how those people are um but you know it's a fun care it's a really i'll just say there's a Speaking of manifestations, this is like, it's all coming together for me with this part. And I think working with Catherine Hahn, she's a friend of mine. I've known her for years. We've never really got, you know, we, we had, we shared a couple moments on screen in Parks and Recreation years ago, 10 years ago, but I've never gotten to work with her really. And, um, she's, I think she's one of the most incredible actresses that's working today. She's a friend of mine. She's speaks my language. So, you know, to be able to, to get on screen with her and go go toe to toe with her is like that's that's what's driving me you know i think it's cool that it's a that's that it's marvel and all that but um but i'm i'm really just interested to work with katherine hahn yeah katherine hahn is 
cooler than Marvel. Um, that is true. Um, thank you so much for being here. This was incredible. Yeah. Um, before before I let you go, um, there is something we ask uh, some guests to do, which is called this is something just called the backstage five, which is five quick questions. Five quick questions. Uh, they can be rapid fire. First thing to come to mind. Okay. Um, so starting with, what is one performance every actor should see and why? Um, uh, Jenna Rollins' Woman Under the Influence. I mean, I just, that's like the obvious one for me because she, because she's just so good. I mean, you just, uh, you just can't, you can't take her eyes off of her. She's insane in that movie. Was it like the uppers, downers, inners, outers? Stuff that, I, that scene is incredible. I used oh, to say yeah. that a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, with all the roles that you've played, um, what role shaped you the most as an actor? Um, I don't know why we call this rapid fire. These are yeah, <laughs> it's a really these, hard question. I'm like, some of these well, are more That shaped me as an actor? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> how about... Uh, um, I'm just going to say Ingrid Goes West. I don't know why. I just think there was something that happened on that movie that felt like okay, like we're getting we're getting into some shit now. Absolutely. Um, question number three: Were you ever surprised at how the audience perceived one of your characters? Yes, I'm surprised every fucking time. <laughs> I can't tell you how many how I'm I'm so sick of hearing how all my characters are the same. I don't know what it is. It's like there's something about me. It's like. Soon I'm going to get into the world of prosthetics and I'm going to start doing some Meryl Streep shit where I change my nose and I change my, th my hair so people can just completely forget that it's me. But I'm, a I'm, always, I'm always surprised that when I do something new that, that there's always that one person that goes, oh, there she goes doing the Aubrey Plaza thing again. And I want to go like, fuck you, dude. If you, if you had all these characters lined up in a row next to each other, like, then, then say that to me, but I can't change the voice. I can't change the sound of my voice. I mean, I've mm -hmm. only got my own instrument to work with. Um, but anyway, I sound bitter, but I'm not. But I am always surprised that people continuously use this deadpan kind of mm -hmm. thing about about some things that I've done because it just feels a little bit. I don't know. It feels feels a little reductive to me. But um, that's my journey, you know. Absolutely. What do the best directors you've worked with uh, have in common? The best directors that I've that I've worked with have in common is a respect for the crew and a and a and a collaborative um, approach. And I think I I love I love working with directors that are not controlling and that 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 treat everybody from the from the star of the movie to the craft services you know assistant the same and that understand that um all of these people involved in the movie making uh production are important and that all of that energy is important for the film so i've that's the quality that i really really like the most and that i've found most successful is an open collaborative respectful approach incredible and question number five what's one mistake you've made in your career that you promised you would not make again um Signing up for a, for a movie where the script isn't fully there yet, where the script isn't good, where the script isn't great, excuse me, where the script isn't undeniably great. 
because you you fool yourself into thinking, yeah, the script is good, but you know later we'll be able to make it better, and it's just not true. You just don't have the time. So I'm not going to do that again. Amazing. Uh, well, that's it. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's you. always a pleasure. Um, and yeah, uh, this was Emily the Criminal. Cannot recommend it enough. White Lotus, very incredible. And can't wait to see what you do next. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks. I'm excited to repost our thing, just like I, I did. I was going to say, and I, I, I'm, uh, uh, another thank you for uh, my entire life. I no, appreciate it. <laughs> no, thank you for my life. Thanks, as always, to our brilliant producer, Jamie Muffet, and to the whole team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free, you simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter, at In The Envelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next? Let us know. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.